Hello, everyone. It's been such a long time, a year and a half to be exact. Uh, We are going to first give you a snippet of our first podcast that we recorded back in January. No, it was February, right, Cal? February, I believe, yeah. February, yeah. So February of 2020. And then um, we will put that episode in right after this introduction. And then we will give you some updates and kind of go from there. So we'll add that now. And then if you feel like you have already listened to that episode and want to take, you know, don't want to listen to it again, then just go to minute number, I believe it's 32, and you will insert into our newest episode, which is this one. Um, Happy listening. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Renegade Movement Performance Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Lex. And this will serve as our introductory podcast here. So what we're going to talk about a little bit today is uh, just a bit about ourselves and kind of what we're doing. Uh, And then we'll talk about our next steps, kind of what our plans are for the future here. And that will tie out well into cash-based PT practice. So um, a little bit about myself. Uh, Myself and Alexis both graduated from Utica College uh, in upstate New York last May of 2019 here. Uh, I am from New Hampshire. And I'm from New York. Uh, And so we're both currently in Southeast Alaska. Uh, When I say Southeast Alaska, I really mean a suburb of Seattle. Uh, It's a remote island here. There's probably about five or 10,000 people living here. And it's only really accessible by a ferry system, which may or may not be serviceable still. (laughs) So we're kind (laughs) of stuck on an island right now. Um, But it's been fun. It's been an adventure. And uh, I suppose a little bit about my PT or professional interests here. Uh, We're both outpatient, definitely outpatient or more or less performance uh, practice therapists. And I basically would say that I'm interested in anything that has to do with putting together the musculoskeletal and the nervous system. And definitely uh, interested in, in public health. Actually, Lex and I will be attending a course in April through the Herman Wallace series of course instruction on that. So we're excited for that. Uh, enough about myself. Maybe Lex can share a little bit about herself. Yeah, and to piggyback off on Kyle, um, I'm pretty much just interested in all things athletics. Uh, one thing that I love a lot would be pediatrics. Uh, pediatrics is pretty much my, my go-to. I love working with kids, and I'm hoping to integrate both the pediatric and the a- athletic aspect at some point in my career. Um yeah, like Kyle said, we're on an island right now. It's it's a cruise ship destination, so it's kind of a nice place. But at the same rate, it's been really hard to be, you know, on this first travel assignment working in an outpatient clinic being so far from home. So I suppose we should give some detail to that. So yeah. it's Ketchikan, Alaska, if anybody's with a K, Ketchikan. Uh, and it's a kind of hunting and fishing paradise. And definitely, like Lex said, in the summer, there's all kinds of cruise ships. Uh, one of my patients told me it was something on the order of a million dollars or more a day of revenue that they bring in just in tourism uh, throughout the summer. So, you know, it's definitely a beautiful place in the summer, but we went on a six-month assignment from September to March here, so we did not really see the summer. I'll say that the winter is just really hard because of the darkness. You know, we'd go to work in the dark and we'd come home in the dark, which just got kind of hard after a while. But, you know, I won't discount the fact that this is a very small town and it's been nice because everybody knows each other and everybody's kind and everybody wants to help you out. So it's not like it's been a horrible experience at all. We've really liked it a lot. Um, I will say one thing about this experience was really cool is 
we definitely, you know, talking about direct access and being basically a primary care provider for people or the first line of care, we definitely got a taste of that here uh, just because access is kind of limited based on where we are in the world and the number of people who live here. So a lot of our patients uh, required further assessment and evaluation and maybe weren't appropriate for PT, but we actually, you know, had kind of that cool relationship with them in order to help guide their care. And Alexis actually has a really cool story if you want to tell that quick. Oh, jeez. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I had a patient come in and he just had a couple abnormal neuro symptoms and some central signs. And his blood pressure was, he was in hypertensive crisis. So I referred him out to the emergency room and he ended up being medevaced off of the island to Seattle. Actually, I think it was Bellingham. Um so that he could be treated, and he was diagnosed with a cerebellar stroke. So that was, I mean, I guess it was very a humbling experience. I'm very grateful that he was able to be seen. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> you can say it. She's a superstar. So. <laughs> but uh, it was even better getting to see him after he returned to the island because he has hardly any deficits. So that was really, really awesome. So, yeah, like Kyle said, we're seeing a lot of primary care type cases, and it's been you know, a really good experience for a new grad to see all of this, but also very, um, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm thankful for the education I received and understanding and knowing all of my red flags and knowing when to treat a patient, when not to treat a patient. And I think sometimes physical therapists aren't necessarily seen as that primary care provider. And, you know, being here, that just kind of drives that home. We are certainly capable of doing that differential diagnosis and being a primary care provider, and it's just been really, really, really awesome to be able to do that. Yeah, so for any students, PT or otherwise listening, when you think you're taking a test on paper and it's just a (laughs) test for your exam scores and stuff, it might actually matter one day. (laughs) So pay attention, study up, and uh, definitely make sure you know the things that they're telling you will will be important because they will be later on. It's like all those red flag mnemonics that we used to make, and we would just be like, all right, here's the red flags again. Let me list them off every single comp. And now it's like, yep, that was for a reason. Yeah, because I remember being (laughs) that student and being like, this is nonsense. We're never going to need this stuff. And uh, here we are. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, Okay, so what is this podcast going to be about Uh, in general? Not this episode, obviously, but in general, what's our podcast about? Um, So we're hoping to cover kind of physical therapy, professional and practice topics, um, hopefully relating to, you know, typically the athletic population, but our other interests as well, which, you know, pelvic health, pediatrics, and a lot of other subjects. Um, but maybe more so what we're hoping to do is expose uh, the listeners of this podcast, you guys, right, to different medical or movement disciplines. So whether that's, you know, sports psychology, nutrition, dietitian, um, yoga, yoga, yes, definitely Pilates, any type of OT speech therapy. Um, I feel like there just are so many people out there doing really, really awesome things. And I feel like both of us have run into people, whether it be on our clinical education experiences, whether we're in school at continuing ed courses and we're like, man, you are a really cool human. <laughs> so it's just really nice to know that this is going to be our outlet to kind of get there wisdom and get their um, experiences out to everyone else so that we can spread, you know, what they know to out. Yeah. And, you know, what I would say we do as physical therapists, 
is give people kind of a roadmap or the how-to guide related to their own body. It might be only to a specific part or parts of their body, but that's what we do, right? And to me, that's the most rewarding thing that I do. Uh, people really light up when they get something and they're like, aha, this is how I take care of that and whatever, right? Because they're giving them those instructions and that piece of the map. So hopefully this podcast helps people discover parts of the map they might not be aware they might need a little bit of work with. Um, you know, notoriously CrossFitters, right? Um, and, you know, unfortunately, just based on human physiology, it's mostly females, but it could happen to males too doing double unders, box jumps, stuff like that. If we're having leaking during those events, that might be typical, but not normal. And there's help for that. So getting the education or maybe hearing it on a podcast like this, I think is invaluable um, for people to know that there is resources available to them. So that's kind of what we're looking to do with this podcast. Yeah. And like at any time, you know, if you're listening to this and you have a question, PT or otherwise, if you reach out, we can definitely try to get somebody on the podcast that would understand or be able to answer anything about your question and if it's not us then we'll get the right professional to do so because we really value being able to help others so we want to hear from you too where can they reach us lex uh well right now i guess we'll have to set that up um kyle just threw me right underneath the bus but we'll figure that out and we'll let you know (laughs) (laughs) i think we have an email set up so we'll we'll have to figure that out (laughs) but in the in lieu of the email you could get at us on Instagram, definitely. Yeah, we do have an Instagram account, and that is at Renegade Movement, and it's MVMT for movement. Okay, so there is some way to reach us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as the schedule of the podcast goes, uh, we're hoping to release one episode per week. That might be variable on the day, depending on who we're hosting, uh, just based on their availability. So if there's somebody really cool we want to talk to, but they can only make it on a Thursday, and we were planning Wednesdays, you know, We want to make sure we accommodate people who have really valuable input to share with us. Uh, And then some of them will be just Lexus and I talking about, uh, you know, different topics within the categories we had discussed before, you know, PT practice and business and cash PT and all of our interests. And some of them will just be talking about those between the two of us and hopefully more of them so that you're not just hearing our jaws flap are with some other cool individual who has uh, stuff to share from their respective field. Um, Episodes, we're hoping to be under 45 minutes per. uh, Hoping. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it depends. You really can't put a time limit on knowledge, so we don't really care if we go over, but we do want people to listen, so um, we'll try. We'll see. (laughs) Well, ideally, you're able to listen to this. You know, who's going to listen to a podcast in their car probably, right? So, yeah. so if, hopefully if it's under 45 minutes, you can listen to it either on the commute in if you're driving into a city or, you know, on the way part out. on the way in and on the way out. Uh, but hopefully it's not too inexorbitantly long and it is interesting the whole time. For sure. So um, let's take this opportunity, I guess, to discuss why we're going from travel PT to a permanent position. Yeah. So travel PT is amazing. Um, it's... It's incredible that we can get a job almost anywhere in the U.S. And we have a compact license. So because we are residents of New Hampshire, we already have licenses in 16 other states. It's very quick for us to grab a license in a state, say Washington, um, because of that compact privilege. So we could virtually get a job almost anywhere in those 16 states right now if we wanted to. And, you know, being able to travel the world 
the world, <laughs> the country, is pretty cool. And, you know, you get to work during the week, explore on the weekend. And we've seen a lot of that here in Alaska. And it's rewarding for sure. And, you know, if you're a student, you know the salary. You get paid a lot more to be a traveler because you don't have that permanent home. So obviously coming out of school, you know, we're both almost two. Well, I am over $200,000 in debt and Kyle's pretty close to that. So, you know, this is one of those things where it was about the money. It was certainly about the money for a long, you know, we have to, we have to make money in order to cover our bills. So we did it. We jumped up, we jumped ship. <laughs> we did travel PT. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it was basically how can we afford to pay our loans yeah. and make decent money while it's still being having some semblance of a life and being yeah. a PT. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, I mean, and yeah. it, it's been a good, it's been a good gig so far. Um, like we were talking about earlier, it's a, you know, six month position in Southeast Alaska. Which is not common. It's typically 13 weeks and we did 26. Yeah. So um, it was extra long. <laughs> and, you know, I think this was a good fit being that we were well prepared, I think, but I think most new grads, this would have been a very difficult assignment to go to. Um, it's a continuing education that we were able to take before yeah. we left school. Oh, so we should mention that, I suppose. So, uh, go ahead, Lex, what courses have we taken? Yeah, so we have done, I'm LSVT big certified. Uh, we've both taken rock tape, uh, rock blades and the rock tape course. And we have both taken McKenzie part a, yeah. so we're, that's a lumbar spine. So we're pretty, and we were able to be exposed to pain science, et cetera, before we even graduated. So that really helped us one on our clinical year and two thrive in this first position that we've had. Uh, you know, we took those courses as students. So it was super, super helpful because it was before our third year of clinical education. So if you get the opportunity to take those courses as students, reach out to them. They're more than happy to accommodate you. Uh, that's one thing that a lot of people don't know in regards to those three courses. So definitely do it if you're a student. Um, yeah, so that's really helped us. Um, so, you know, continuing on the travel stuff, right? The other thing that is really attractive for people is it's travel, right? It's in the name. So you get to go places and see things. Um, a couple friend of ours is recently uh, moving down to Hawaii and they just accepted a position there. And so I said that we have <laughs> we're a little jealous right now. Yeah. They're posting pictures in their bikinis on the beach. But <laughs> I say it's it's definitely a rewarding field because you get to go or a rewarding position, you know, being a travel PT in general just because you get to go to different places and you're not I don't say that one word I don't want to say the word stuck, but it is necessary. Like if you have a full time position, you are in that location. Um so with travel PT, you know every thirteen weeks you get to move and experience new things, experience new people, new places. So that's definitely a rewarding part of the job. But for us, we've really found that, you know, we found value in a couple things. The one thing that I would say right off the bat is that I find value with of the, you know, the relationships that we're able to have with providers. So being on this island for the past, you know, it's been five months right now, a little less than five months. And, you know, doctors know who we are. If we call them, they know our name. They know who we treat on their patient list. I have some nurses from doctor's office that I treat right now and, you know, they are able to talk to their providers about us and then give us more referrals, et cetera. And they really understand who we are, how we help, wh why we're good. And, you know, 
that's been super rewarding. So that relationship that we're able to have with providers, you know, I always talk about having a relationship with my patients, just making sure that I know who they are. But like, I really am now valuing that relationship with each provider. And so going back, we're, you know, that, to that permanent position, that's what we're looking forward to. We want to be able to get involved in the community, make relationships with those providers and be able to reach out when we have questions and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of the things with travel, right, is you ideally as a physical therapist, you're integrating yourself as part of the healthcare team and wherever you are at. And that's what kind of Lex is talking about, right? Talking about how we're good. She means, I think, uh, how PT can help patients yeah. and help people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not we're that we're good. brushing our own shoulders, right? But <laughs> no, but so, you know, looking at how PT can really help people. Uh, and so some providers may or may not be aware of that. You know, there's all kinds of statistics about opioids and injections and other uses of, you know, musculoskeletal pain relief and whatever versus PT just send them to us. We can help, you know, is the message. But um, when you are on a travel assignment, whether it's 13 weeks or six months, even still, you're only there temporarily. So you might have built or be in the process of building those relationships and that rapport with other providers to the point where, you know, if you need to refer somebody to them or vice versa, you have a good relationship with that person and it can really get your patient taken care of. I think what Lex is saying is, it's going to be nice to go back because when you're doing travel, you don't have that. You're there for 13 weeks or however long it is, and then you're gone. Yeah, so that connection piece is huge. And it's not just us talking to the providers. It's vice versa, too. Just because sometimes the people, providers, aren't aware of the services a physical therapist can provide. So having that relationship will be really nice. So that kind of dovetails into the other reason is so we're going back to take a permanent position that's going to be an outpatient physical therapy position uh we're also going back to start our own cash base practice on the side and so that's going to be kind of a proof of concept for right now uh likely a couple days a week and the kind of nice thing about that is we're going to be able to start reaching out to the community like we're talking about with providers but also meeting people where they are. So if we're going to go put on a workshop at the local CrossFit box, that's going to be an awesome thing for us or at the, you know, local yoga studio or uh, jujitsu dojo, wherever it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we can share, you know, what we have as physical therapists and ourselves personally to offer people and also kind of, you know, figure out what needs we can help fit and uh, meet in the community. Kyle's kind of talking really <laughs> calmly right now. Like I'm over here shaking, thinking about this whole thing, just because it's no, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's it's pretty scary to start your own thing, and you know you've heard it a thousand times. Just do the thing, uh, and I guess we're doing it, and it's pretty scary. Uh, but it will we'll get by. I think it'll be really fun. We're really excited because that's what we want to do. You know, we we really love the education component. We love that whole let's host a seminar thing. That's always been our thing. And we really want to work with those high-level athletes that, you know, may not be able to come to traditional physical therapy because of the, the impairments that they have. And I think that'll dovetail into You're what we're talking. Ins- yeah, insurance-wise. Yeah, right? insurance-wise, because, you know, insurance won't necessarily cover, you know, I'm having pain while I squat. So... I can't, I can't PR my snatch. You know, yeah. Or uh, my Fran time hasn't gotten better in two years or something, you know? Yeah. Like it's not necessarily a, a an insurance-based coverage because if essentially if you are fully functional, then physical therapy may not be covered. 
And that's a really tough thing that we've seen on this island as well. You know, as our first job and within our clinical rotations, you know, we can't treat those high-level athletes because of those reasons. And I say can't treat very lightly. You can justify things for sure. But to get to get, to get a high-level athlete where they want to go, you will need to work outside of insurance-based practice. Yeah, and so let's... I guess that's one uh, kind of maybe unknown within the community at large, right? We're talking about to hopefully dispel myths and provide education to roadmaps that people might not even be aware exist about their own body and performance and movement, right? So that's one right there is physical therapy is only for when I'm injured and can't do stuff. And that is for sure not correct. Um, Now, what we're talking about is within the insurance model, it might be very difficult to get coverage And otherwise, it's kind of, there's not a good structure or environment or business practice or however you want to look at that within insurance-based clinics for individuals who can't get coverage and need to work on performance objectives. Um, And when we say high-level athlete, that's another thing. So I don't care if you're, you know, 19 years old and you're going to go look at your D1 football, you know, starting season and you need to work on your performance there. Or if you're a 50-year-old dude who's, again, like we were talking about trying to cut some time on Fran or trying to get rid of that knee pain when you're doing uh, whatever wad it might be that's bothering your knees, you know. So you are a high-level athlete to me if you're working on your own stuff and are trying to move well and move often, you know. So you don't have to be, (laughs) I don't know, pick your favorite athlete in order for us to consider you a high-level athlete, right? Like that's a concept with CrossFit in general is everybody is an athlete. Treat them like an athlete. Um, so, you know, but we're talking about insurance and so insurance kind of, uh, limits you in a lot of ways as a physical therapist. So I guess let's delve into the cash PT model. Well, you can also give an example about our current situation with our dancer. Oh yeah. So to illustrate the problem, right? Yeah. We have a dancer who's 15. Um, she's basically dancing full time and, uh, so dances life, right? So she does all kinds, jazz, ballet, whatever else. And um, we're seeing her because of chronic ankle instability, essentially. So her insurance is uh, a high deductible, kind of, let's say, less likely to cover type plan, you know. Uh, And currently we're fighting for visits. And so they had approved six visits from the get-go. And uh, we did all we could to fight for more. And they were going to go and give us, what, two? Yeah, they gave us two. But, you know, she's, if you had to paint a picture of her, she's relatively healthy. Now, she just had something happen acutely, so that's a different different story. However, before last session, she is, you know, she's dancing 22 hours a week. She's doing just fine. Um, she's not really limited with stairs, walking, running, anything like that. And she was out of pain. So, essentially, you know, she probably didn't need to be covered by insurance at that point because they see her as fully functional. Uh, but for us, you know, she's preparing for an audition in February out of state, and she really wants to get into this high school program because she'll be able to go there for high school and also train. It's basically a track to go it, to professional dance. Right, and she really wants to go. And so we're trying to make sure that she has all of the physical um, fitness that she needs to have in order to do that and to decrease injury because, you know, as we're learning in uh, current dance PT class that we are doing. Shout out to Jenna Cantor on that. Um, you know, the more hours that you dance, the more at risk you are for an injury. 
So we're trying to do preventative care is what we would call that. You know, we don't want her to get hurt. But right now we're at a situation where we can't necessarily get visits covered for her. So, you know, this whole cash PT model comes into play with these athletes who want to have preventative care. They don't want to come in when they're hurt. They want to come in before they get hurt. Um, you don't necessarily, like I said, have to be in pain to be hurt. So that that current situation that we have is really, it's really opened our eyes to the need that there is for those athletes outside of insurance-based care. Yeah. And so that's one way that you're kind of limited as a physical therapist with insurance-based practice. Um, and, and so therefore go to cash BT because you're not going to be limited in what you're doing there. So I think a lot of people would like to hear probably how that works. And so traditionally, right, if you go to an insurance-based clinic, um, and this is really most things within the healthcare system, you show up, you give your insurance stuff, you might get evaled, so on and so forth, right? And how that works is your insurance is paying an agreed-upon amount behind the scenes to whoever they're contracted with, whoever's in their network. Uh, And so they basically bully around whoever they can and say, hey, we're going to cover X, Y, and Z. We're not going to cover X, Y, and Z. And then we're going to give you this amount, this dollar amount for this service. And they might decrease that the next year. And as a um, practice, you might not have any kind of say over that because you either accept what they're going to give you or you're not in their network and therefore can't take their insurance. So... Um, that's kind of how that works. Now, whatever your insurance covers, it might be they cover a certain percentage from the get-go. It might be you have to meet your deductible more likely nowadays. You have to meet your deductible um, before they'll start to cover that percentage. So let's say your deductible is two grand. You have to have paid two grand into your medical expenses for that um, term or period, which is usually calendar year. You pay that two grand. Now they'll start to cover, for instance, physical therapy at an 80-20 rate, meaning they will cover 80% of services and you are liable for 20% of them unless they deny coverage for some reason. So when we look at that, right, that copay that you're paying, that 20% or whatever it might be, depending on your policy and your plan, is likely somewhere between 30 and 70 bucks, depending on... um, the PT clinic you go to, your plan, and a lot of other factors. But basically, let's call it 50 bucks, right? So from the insurance-based model, um, and actually the place we're at right now is excluded because we actually have hour-long visits, which is really nice and really generous and uh, really allows us to do some cool stuff with our patients. But So excluding the current place we're at, most PT places, because they're trying to keep up with um, reimbursement, which is why our clinic can do so well as, you know, they're really reimbursement fees are, are really good here. Um, other clinics, most other clinics in the U S have to kind of fight the fight and take what they can get from insurance, which means less and less money per patient, meaning they have to run more patients through. It's kind of like Walmart, right? They, they work on low profit margins, but high, high sales volume. And you know, we're not saying by any means that insurance-based clinics are a bad thing because they are 100% great. You know, patients get great outcomes with insurance-based clinics. So we don't want anyone to think that that is the case either. Um, It's just, we're trying to shed light on how that is going behind the scenes, you know, who gets paid and how they get paid. It has nothing to do with, you know, whether insurance or cash base is better, you know, better is better. (laughs) Well, yeah, for sure. People get better at, at, insurance-based clinics otherwise they wouldn't run anymore right Right. i mean if it was just was a joke then nobody would ever go anymore um 
but like we're talking about, right, for people who might have objectives and goals and life needs that are outside of what insurance will cover, this is where the cash PT realm exists. And so what I'm kind of talking about right now is how does that reimbursement scheme work and where are the kind of limitations within that um, that maybe don't meet everybody's needs, meet those performance athletes' needs, right? So um, essentially, right, let's consider that you were getting coverage, Okay, and it was a 20 minute schedule or something or a 20 or 30 minute visit and they wanted to see you two or three times a week. So if we assume that your copay was $50, now we're talking about 100 to $150 a week to go to those two or three visits. Right. So the cash PT model assumes that you are an adult who is responsible. Right. And if you are highly functioning enough that you basically have needs that are outside of what insurance will cover, that typically means that you're going to do your stuff. (laughs) Okay. So you come see us and we spend kind of, um, as much time as is needed, right. To do a really comprehensive eval. Whereas maybe in an insurance based clinic, we are constrained by insurance and can't do as thorough or as long of an eval. Um, and then we really find out what exactly all of your needs are as a moving human. And so you get that one-on-one care. Then what we do is we devise a plan for you and see you maybe once a week, once every other week, once every third week, once a month even, right? Depending on what your needs are, meet you where you're at. And so the sessions you get might be, yes, a little bit more expensive because they're cash and they're out of pocket, but they're not more expensive when you consider that you're getting that one-on-one attention, being treated like an adult and saying, hey, here are the things that you can do to work on this and giving you a, you know, a very tailored, customized program and plan for yourself. And then you get to kind of go on your merry way and try those things, right? So if you looked at, I don't know, $200 for an eval and you looked at $100 for follow-ups. So let's say that $100 follow-up. So we see a once a week even. That's still cheaper than three times a week for a 20-minute session with a $50 copay, right? So it's still going to be cheaper for you, um, even if we did see you once a week, which uh, in the performance cash-based field is maybe not as necessary even at that frequency. But even still, it would be cheaper for you. So And the option does exist, too, to bill your insurance yourself. So with the cash PT model, you we are not going to bill insurances, However, we can provide a super bill is what they call it of what we did and you can submit it to your insurance yourself to be reimbursed if they will honor that. So it's not like we're totally turned off to billing at all for insurance. We're just not going to choose to bill those insurances ourselves. Um, So you can you can do that by yourself. It's and the reason that is, is because, you know, that distracts from patient care yeah honestly for sure and you know we've seen that with some of the administrative stuff that we've seen behind the scenes at the current clinic you know the girls work really 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 hard to get you know communication with insurances waiting on the phone for you know two hours at a time so it's really tough to add that to our schedule and that's two hours that we could have been helping someone so it really does distract from patient care in the long run and if i have the choice to be on the hold call with Aetna or Blue Cross Blue Shield for three hours of my life or to help somebody achieve their goals for three hours of my life, I'm definitely going <laughs> to choose to work with somebody and help them achieve their goals. So, for sure. Um, for sure. And that prevention, you know, that's the big thing for us too. So that allows us to, to be preventative care providers. 
And that's really a huge goal of ours, so. Yeah, I mean, as the idiom go, it's like uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Yeah. So, you know, prevent things before they occur uh, rather than trying to treat them retrospectively. There's something like pay for your health now or be prepared for disease later. I, it's, that's a horrible rendition of that quote, but it's something like that. So yeah. that's kind of like what we're going on. Um, so that kind of describes a little bit about cash base and why we're thinking of uh, doing that now in our lives. Um, like we said, if there's any kind of people you might want to see or, or perspectives you want to hear, please let us know that. If there are any questions that you have based on something that was said in the podcast or in general... Drop us a DM because we we're not really sure about that email yet. <laughs> yes, I guess drop us a DM uh, <laughs> I'm, and go ahead and drop that at sign again there for us. Yeah, it's a renegade movement. Movement is MVMT. Uh, you know, thanks for listening. If you are listening, uh, we really appreciate you. This is definitely not something that we pictured ourselves doing. And it's, you know, we're currently sitting here at 9.50 on a Sunday night in our pajamas doing this for the first time. So it's... It'll be fun. We're really looking forward to it, and we're hoping that you're going to hang out with us and listen to our podcast. <laughs> I just hope that it provides some value to somebody. Absolutely. Even <laughs> if we help one person, then, you know, we've done our job as far as we're concerned. So thank you again, and we will, you know, have that next episode out hopefully next week. Alright, so we hope you listened to that episode or enjoyed listening to that episode as much as we did. We haven't listened to our podcast since we recorded. So we're not some of the, one of those people who like listen back once we record. And we, if you're new here, we also have a, a rule, like an unsaid rule, where we don't edit our episodes. So our first take is the first take, and that's it. <laughs> Off the cuff, swearing and all. <laughs> yeah, so we launch our podcast because we don't really want to edit out our ums and ands and whatever might you know, come up. So thank you for listening. Um, we're excited. So we're just going to kind of go through and give you like a little update on our life, where we're at, how the practice is going, because we have started a practice. Um, yeah, I mean, listening to the the previous podcast that we just inserted for uh, your, your listening pleasure has been very informative. So we have largely the same values and we're very consistent um, to what we had kind of been saying and the same messages are, are definitely holding true today. So the good news is that we're consistent, I, I suppose. The The thing I did notice, though, listening to that was that we've grown significantly. Um, <laughs> lot, lots of the topics or themes or ideas that we were kind of discussing in that podcast, I have since, and I know Lex has since also matured from. And so I, I suppose that's a good thing because that was February of 2020. And it is now January uh, 1st of 2022. So, yeah, it was almost two years ago. So I, I suppose, you know, if you still have the same beliefs, if you still practice the same way and think the same ideas two years later, that's probably an indicator that you you might want to invest in some personal development and growth. So I suppose that's a good thing um, that we have changed as far as our, our thoughts on certain things. But as far as overall messaging and consistency, uh, we're still there. So so that is true. And uh, yeah, Lex, talk about um, talk about our clinic. So we had talked about in the episode that we were going back to New Hampshire. We were taking some permanent uh, jobs there, which is very different from what we were doing. Yes, and we were and we were going to start. I think I'd said like one or two days a week on the cash based practice. And uh, how are we doing there, Lex? So I feel like it's it'd be much I think more beneficial to kind of hear 
the journey and what's going on now and where we went from 20 to 21 to now 2022, because a lot has happened in those years. Um, our last podcast episode was with type two performance, which they, we actually haven't gotten in contact with Lance and John in a while. So Lance and John, if you guys are listening to this, then let's record a new episode. Um, but anyway, so that was back in like June of 2020. So this was at the height of quarantine, really, we were still, we were in New Hampshire. We had come back from New Hampshire. So let me, let's go backwards. So we left Alaska in March of 2020. So March of March 13th of 2020 was our last day of work. March 16th, we flew off the island to Ketchikan or from Ketchikan to Seattle. Was it was a good time to be between jobs. Yeah, great time. So then we we landed in Seattle and we drove for 36. We we got to New Hampshire or no, I'm sorry, we got to New York in 36 hours. So we slept over for like four hours one night and then Kyle was falling asleep driving. So we fell asleep or we uh, got a hotel in Chicago and then... Yeah, I mean, I basically drove until I was delirious. I yeah. Got, we were kind of concerned that there would be limited limitations on travel. And yeah, so I, I I drove until I literally could not anymore. We stayed, checked into a hotel, slept a little bit, and then uh, made it to upstate New York where Lex's parents were. And it was 36 hours. Yeah. It's crazy. And now, th- not to mention, this was the week that everything closed down. So we were traveling and the roads were empty. We got through downtown Seattle in like 20 minutes where we were told, you know, plan to be there for, you know, three to four hours as far as like traffic goes. And we got through there in 20 minutes. So our commute back from Seattle to New York was quick, <laughs> pretty dangerous, I would say, because we were driving in awful conditions and Kyle was tired. And but anyway, so we got back to New York, hung out with my family went back to New Hampshire and moved in with Kyle's sister. Um, so in March of 2020, we were in New Hampshire to go to those full-time jobs that we talked about. But, you know, if you're listening and you're a physical therapist, you know that no one was hiring and no one was bringing on new staff because, or if you're, you know, any, you know, working human being, you know that hiring was frozen. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a PT or even if you maybe are a PT, but weren't necessarily aware because maybe you had a full-time job at that point and things were, were groovy. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of the case that full-time gigs were either not hiring or if they had hired you or, which was our situation, we had already been hired. Uh, or if they were posting job ads or if they actually were in the process of hiring, uh, it didn't matter because they had shut down due to COVID. And there wasn't really a, a good timeline or definitive timeline on when they were going to reopen. Uh, Travel-wise, there were no travel positions, yeah. like zero. <laughs> like it went from thousands of postings across the whole United States, continental, and uh, Hawaii and Alaska to literally zero. Like I, I think our travel agent, Lauren, told us that there were maybe like a handful of, of postings. And of course, they were like, you know, very undesirable locations and also were already filled, you know, yeah, so say people were getting jobs that the job would go, it's kind of like the housing market, if you will, the job would go up and someone would fill it. Um, and we were still kind of, I don't want to call it new, but we were newer. So we didn't have as much of a history of employment that they were looking for. So anybody who had, you know, more than five years, they would take them over a newbie. And a lot of the jobs were like COVID positive facilities and it just, it was frozen. So let's just call it that. Um, so the job market was really rough. We were on hold. So we were told that we were going to start the position as soon as they could take us on because they wanted us to work for them and they were super excited and whatever. Um, 
As were we, might I add. I, I mean, say, we were super pumped. And, you know, we were grateful to be able to have the opportunity to come back to New Hampshire and kind of have that home base. Because as you heard in that last episode, like we value being able to be part of a community. Like that's always been our thing. So we were pumped to do that. And, you know, long story short, what ended up happening was we just decided we couldn't wait longer because we were essentially not making money. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> our plan kind of had been to take these positions. Um, we were very much opposed to burning the ships. So uh, burning the ships is kind of like, I take my job, I quit it tomorrow, and then I open my own business. And uh, that's the only source of potential revenue that I have. And so we were very much opposed to that because, A, financially, we didn't have much stability built up, being that we had only been on one travel assignment out of school. Uh, we, we got loans, we got bills. Uh, but beyond that, um, you know, we, we kind of had planned on not burning the ships, working four to five days a week full time, and then maybe having one or two days a week where we we're built, starting to build up the business and just prove the concept, which is what we had mentioned in the previous podcast. And... So, you know, there's only so many days, so many months, weeks, whatever that you can work out in the garage, which is what, kind of what I was doing at the point in time um, at my sister's house was, you know, I'd set up all of my gym gear in, in the garage and I had a couple of buddies maybe here and there. And yeah, we just throw some weights around and it was great. But, you know, that only that only goes for so long before you, you know, life catches up to you and you have bills and, and you have to do something about it. And like, OK, well, this full time position clearly isn't going to open up anytime soon. And so you have to do something. Right. And then, so I actually received an offer halfway through, it was like April, halfway through April, I received an offer from two different pediatric facilities that I was a student at. And conveniently, kids were still needing to be seen. Um, as you can imagine, pediatric physical therapy is, you know, highly sought after because we want to have that early intervention approach. So I received two offers from those facilities that I was already at. And, you know, as you heard in the last episode, I liked pediatrics. So I went for it and I stayed in that job from, let's see, it was April, halfway through April, all the way through until October of 2021. So I just left that full-time pediatrics job and we can potentially get into what I'm doing as well as Renegade. But um, I stayed there for a year and a half and I absolutely loved it. So at the same time, I was offered a teaching position. So at that point in time, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go for this because I can't, I didn't want to sit back and wait because I needed to make some money. Because as we also talked about in the last episode, we had student loans and private mm -hmm. loans, private loans don't uh, freeze the interest. Private loans keep going. So despite the federal freeze, there was no freeze on our private loans. So we had to go. Um, so long story short, I still teach as an adjunct professor for Utica College in New York. I teach biology and or biology A&P. Um, and I'm also doing my own personal business. Like I said, we could potentially get into that. Kyle's currently putting a beer into a koozie in yeah, case you can't hear that. Don't mind me um, if you hear some uh, some cracking of I'll a say, beer can action over here. I'll say welcome to 9 p.m. on New Year's Day. Um, so anyway, so we I took that job, right? So that was in... April. So there's the crack. Cheers. <laughs> so in April, I took that job. I worked there. Like I said, Kyle actually went to go work for his dad. So his dad's a general contractor and he started doing construction work and he worked there until I say we sat down and had a real good talk in like April. And we were like, and again, <laughs> don't burn the ships. <laughs> so, uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I would not have had the opportunity I've had to start this business if it wasn't for my wife being a rock star and having like 20 different jobs and, and just being very creative and very, very driven, very hardworking and innovative. Um, but also my dad having the opportunity to, uh, you know, offer me at will employment basically. Right. And I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of our peers, potentially other PTs, even, you know, gen pop, if you're just, you know, coming to us as a patient, it might look like we just kind of opened this practice and called it a day, like chit chit, we're done. But like really Kyle and I from April of 2020 until literally October of 2021, we have been working you know, 90 to 120 hours a week. Um, so we've been, for lack of a term, busting our ass. Not collectively, each. <laughs> yeah, each. Yeah, not collectively, <laughs> each. So I think like a big thing that we kind of wanted to touch on this is like we we really do, our level of give a shit in this world is like really, really fucking high. And like like we said, like this is, we're swearing because this is who we are and we have a lot, have a lot of fun. And well, that was our, that was our reason for doing, doing this whole did, thing. Right? Hell yeah. So I mean, if we didn't give a shit, right, if our level of give a damn was, was lower, we would probably be able to continue traveling. We'd be able to continue, um, you know, working in a, a regular insurance-based PT practice full-time. Um, that would probably be where we're at, you know? Yeah. And the problem is we're the squeaky wheel, <laughs> hence Renegade. And I don't know if we talked about uh, branding-wise much in the last episode or really ever. Yeah, I think we talked about it in... Um Lord, I don't know. Maybe our second episode. Man, well, I'll read it. I'll so, reiterate yeah, quick because it's yet, important it. to me. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing drives me more nuts than when somebody has a business name and they don't know the why behind why they named the business that you know. So, uh, renegade. So if you think about a renegade, it's somebody who doesn't conform to the status quo. It's somebody who doesn't accept things as they are per se. And when we think about that, it, it especially applied to physical therapy practice. There is a way things are done in general just because it's been done that way for decades, right? Or because previous literature suggests that this is the way it should be done. and Or because the system forces you to practice that way too. Don't forget right, that part. Right, if we're insurance-based talking, yeah, yes. Say, don't forget that part. And so uh, for us, you know, that didn't jive, right? Like if somebody in front of us, a patient that we're working with, for instance, if somebody would benefit from treatment X, but what's billable by insurance is A, B, or C, or what the literature suggests, suggests or supports is A, B, or C, um, but we know that X is going to help them the most and it's going to meet them where they're at and get them to where they want to be, well, why don't we do X? You know what I mean? Why are we fucking right. around with you know treatment A, B, or C when we know that X is going to help them get where they want to be. So right. that's why we kind of came up with the Renegade brand and, and uh, you know, we're, we're definitely the squeaky wheel. And again, going back to level of give a damn, if you give a damn enough, you do the thing that is best for the person in front of you. Right. Not just to make a buck. Like that's just kind of what it comes down to. Like we're not doing what we need to do to make a buck. If we wanted to make a buck, we would go back to school and not be physical therapists. Like let's be real. Like if you work, like <laughs> seriously, we have a doctoral education, so we are doctors of physical therapy. And our salary, so just to give you like a little bit of a like, if you're in a typical clinic, um, it matches what the same salary was as if you went for a master's degree. So if you have, if you're familiar with continuing education, I'm sorry, if you're familiar with higher education, you know that it costs a lot of money to do those last three years. <laughs> so when we, when we went to a doctoral level, nothing changed. So we don't, 
for us, it's an, it's not about the money. It's about being able to help people. And that's always been like our thing is we want to be able to do what we need to do to help a human. So I guess where we left off was like, we, I had job offers. I took that job. So in a, I want to say it was like April, April, end of April, beginning of May, we, we really sat down and we were like, yeah. yeah, like we already had, we had talked to a CrossFit gym owner and he gave us, um, the permission to essentially build a clinic within his uh, CrossFit gym. So we did that. We took our savings. So we actually saved a ton of money in, um, I don't know, a ton. So we went to catch cam with $900 per person. Like, like do literally. You, do you know in the movies when, <laughs> when somebody travels across like a rickety piece of shit car and they travel across, they got like 300 bucks to their name, like barely enough money to even pay for fuel to get across the country. Never mind like food and, and lodging and everything else. Like literally. That was us. Like, uh, so we, I, we, we actually borrowed money from our, from our travel agency to pay for our first two months of rent. So yeah, like we literally had, and yeah, yeah, and our rent wasn't that bad. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, traveling across the U.S. via road, we literally had a tent and some camping gear, and I yeah. I don't think we stayed in a hotel but once. One maybe. one time we stayed in a hotel in oh where was it? Oh boy, where we had, no because in Banff we camped. It was it was uh uh not Prince Rupert Prince Rupert Island. Yes, That's Prince Rupert. We Prince stopped. Rupert, yeah. Other than that, we literally. <laughs> <laughs> this is so ridiculous. We literally had a yeah. truck full of our personal belongings and then yeah. camping gear. Because we, we we knew we couldn't afford a hotel across the way. And like, so that sounds so pathetic, I know. But like, we graduated from PT school and like, we did the thing. So, and we had spent from PT school, the end of PT school to when we started travel PT, studying for our licensing exam. And then we passed that and then we got a job three weeks later and that was catch can. So like I said, we, we borrowed money. So, um... So yeah, so we came back and during catch when we were working in catch cam, we took our paycheck and we actually took out, I want to say like 20 or 30%. No, it wasn't that much. It was probably like 10% a piece starting in January. And we took money and put it into our savings account. And the reason we did that was because we were like, if we take our savings, because we were just starting to pay on loans, like our bills were high, like whatever. So we took that savings and we put it in an account and we said, when we want to start something, this is the money we're going to use. Fully expecting that that was going to be like three to five years plus. Yeah. Out. That was a thing. Yeah. we <laughs> That was not our plan to start a clinic in 2020. So like we expected a five-year plan, et cetera. So we like, we're taking a little bit of money, putting it in our savings account. And so we saved up and it was a little bit over six grand, I want to say, like not a ton of money, but we were like, you know what, we're going to build, because we toyed the idea of putting a bed into the CrossFit gym and just treating in the CrossFit gym on a table. And that would be it. Like, like on the side, not yeah. an isolated private space, just a bed on the side of the CrossFit gym. Yeah. Not, not anything huge. So, and then we were like, eh, but that's not like how we do things. So like, we kind of want to make a nice room. So anyway, we built out a big, big room. We spent all of our savings on getting supplies, building out the room, hiring contractors to do the drywall because fuck that shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Funny story there. So um, my dad's a general contractor. I definitely have uh, framing, woodworking skills and some other skills, you know, so we kind of built the place out ourselves largely and (laughs) hung the drywall and I said, we did the whole thing by ourselves except for the, the drywall. We tried the drywall. I made it. I made an honest attempt at the uh, mudding and taping as far as, like, you know, filling the seams between the drywall sheets. And, uh, yeah, that was a no-go. So That's a job where you hire out. 
And uh, the other thing I'm not skilled in is electrical, so we definitely had to hire somebody yeah. for that as well. Yeah, which is um, so but, expensive in the middle of COVID. Oh, my God. It was yeah, so expensive. It, it was pretty pricey. <laughs> but, but, but you know, um, largely the space was built by blood, sweat, and tears, uh, our own money. You know, it was really something that we kind of wanted to rub our elbow on and shine up and polish up and be like, hey, here we are. Here's Renegade. We yeah. really put a lot of effort into it. We put a lot of passion into that, that room. So anyway, so we were there up until... Let's see. We were there until March of 2021, but in October of 2021, I actually texted an old friend. So I'm going to give his business a little shout out. So Philippe is the owner of Perfect 10 Training in Bedford, New Hampshire. He owns a jujitsu gym and he also has personal training that he does outside of that gym. Back when I met him, he was working as a CrossFit coach at um, CrossFit 1750. So I did CrossFit with Philippe and way back when I was a student and I was like, he, him and I got along real well. He's a real good, real good guy to talk to. So I well, used to talk to him before and after class. Let's, let's take one step back if I might interrupt. So Philippe is, uh, out of anybody I've seen who's a personal trainer, coach type, like in the movement space, probably the, one of the best at communicating, which ironically he is Brazilian. And, uh, I, I want to say that English might be a second language. I, I, think, I actually yeah. don't know that for sure. Yeah, I think it is. But at any rate communicates much more effectively than 90% of primarily English speaking, uh, folks do. He's a great guy. Great guy. And, and yeah, I mean, when we talk about like coaching and personal training, that's like one of the most important things we can do, right. Is communicate effectively with our clients. And yeah, so I, I mean, I can't talk enough about Philippe positively. Um, (laughs) so what happened was I met him in CrossFit and so we were chit-chatting, you know, back in 2019 I was still, no, 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 it was 2018. 2018, I was still a student. And so, sorry, my computer just shut down, so I'm just going to turn that back on. We're still here with you, though, so <laughs> we won't leave you through this process. But <laughs> So, so these are just, like I said, unedited. So you know these are our real thoughts. Anyway, so Philippe and I were chit-chatting one night, and he was like, hey, you know, I have this dream, and I need a PT. I would love to have a PT in my gym. And I was like... He was like, will you be my PT? And I was like, well, Philippe, I am still a student, so no, I cannot do that. Um, knowing full well that, you know, I would love to do that. Um, at that point in time, travel PT was mine and Kyle's plan. So I told him like, hey, you know, I'm going to be doing travel PT and, you know, I'll let you know if, you know, I'm back in the area. And he hadn't met Kyle because when he left per, uh, CrossFit 1750, Kyle joined and it was like, it was a weird, you know, he didn't really meet Kyle. So Anyway, we went to do Travel PT, came back. So in October, I saw an Instagram post by him. And I was like, you know, I'm going to reach out to Philippe. You know, how's he doing? So I reached out to Philippe and he was like, hey, actually, like I have a space. So in November of 2020, we went and toured his facility. There's a, we have our own door. So at that facility, he gave us a tour and he was like, hey, look, like you can have your own door. And so we were like, sweet. And by own door, I mean like, to the outside. Like we have a door to the outside, a private space. Amazing. And so he gave us the opportunity of a lifetime. And so we said, yeah, like we'd love to be in your space. So we actually occupied two spaces from, uh, December to March and then, or December to the end of February. And then March 1st, we located fully into the space in Bedford, New Hampshire. So yeah, I mean, it was a stone's throw away. It was real yeah, close. The funny part about that is where we were in Manchester was off of uh, Brown Avenue, um, behind the airport diner, if anybody's local, but 
where we are in Bedford is off of South South River Road on Commerce Park North, and literally you could almost hawk a baseball across the river and hit one building from the other. Yeah. I mean, so it's real close. So like we moved, so all of our stuff, we had like double of everything because we had two clinics essentially. Um, so we took all of our stuff, moved it to the private space, and that's where we've been since fully since March of 2021. Um, that space is amazing. So we have our, it's, it's kind of like a pipe dream and we know fully that Philippe gave us the opportunity of a lifetime. So we are forever grateful for that man and his business partners because they gave us something that we could never, um, ever thank them enough for. So I guess let's talk quickly, I guess, about, you know, where we're at, what we're doing. Yeah. All that stuff. So yeah, so uh, maybe maybe continuing Ed and like what we've done. <laughs> yeah, so uh, since the last episode, um, I have become certified in integrative dry needling, which and I have not because I don't like needles. Lex does not like the sharps. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's been a very good um, tool clinically to use. Uh, there there are many many applications and it's super effective for a lot of folks for a lot of reasons. So we've done that. Um, I think we were mentioning in the last episode, public health. We mentioned that we were going to take a course, but that's the same course that got canceled two times because right. of COVID. Which then became remote <laughs> and we both took the level one course. Yeah. And then we took the level two course. So we're actually, we treat both men and women with pelvic pain, you know, pain with sex, um, our intercourse, you know, leaking, et cetera. Um, so we actually took both of those courses. Yeah, and that's been uh, largely very, very helpful. I mean... We talked about that forever, right? First, Well, first of all, I am... <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. We wanted that course for like, since like t- literally we were students. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm kind of <laughs> the guy who wants to know a lot about the thing that most other folks don't or the thing that a lot of people aren't interested in. I'm like, well, let me go and figure that thing out, right? So that might be within our practice, that might be like foot, foot and ankle stuff. Like nobody knows yeah. about the foot and ankle in PT and uh, pelvic health is definitely up there on the list. Well, pelvic health, you have to kind of, this will be a whole episode, by the way. So oh, we sure. also have older episodes. There's an episode with Allie Wells and there's an episode with Christina Holland. Um, both of those episodes in our um, previous episodes links, definitely check them out if you want to know more about pelvic health. So we have already talked a lot about it, but we will be talking a lot more about it. Um but the pelvic health, like when we took those courses, we got done with the course and we were like, fuck yeah, like let's do this thing. We're going to help so many people. And like doctors didn't know what pelvic health was. And we were like, but. Wait a minute. Didn't? They still don't. Also, they still don't. So <laughs> it, during COVID, so uh, I guess, I guess we can pitch, riff on this real quick. So during COVID, we, we tried to get into doctor's offices because we wanted to essentially let people know like, hey, there is help for you. Like there is help that you can get. You don't necessarily have to get the Botox. You don't have to get the shots, like whatever it may be. And largely too, like a lot of these, a lot of patients that are candidates for pelvic health, physical therapy also are the patients that those doctors, you know, urologists, urogynes, gynecologists, um, OB-GYNs, largely those are the patients that they don't necessarily have an answer for outside of injections or surgery or, or just kind of dealing with it. Right. So we were, we were trying to say like, you know, like we said before, we like in that previous episode, if you listen to it, you heard us say like, we like to know doctors. We like to know nurses. We like to know those people. So we tried to get into so many offices and no one would let us in because of COVID, which you know what? We get it. Okay. It's great. But like we were trying to send materials to people and then you know, 
uh, providers didn't even know that pelvic health is a thing. So we still have a lot of work in Bedford, New Hampshire area. So we would love to chit chat if anyone ends up hearing this episode and they want to, you know, coordinate something with us and providers that they know, like we are ready to go. We'd love to talk to them. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly we're part of a team, right? Right. Yeah, it's a healthcare team. We can't we can't be part of the team if the team doesn't know we exist. <laughs> Number one. Number two. I mean, you know, we talk about the services that we can provide, but equally, we need we need referral sources. Right. I mean, I mean, because there are things that do become outside of the scope of physical therapy that do become outside of our wheelhouse, and it would be great to have X, Y, or Z provider on the team. And right. So it'd be great to have that kind of relationship. Yeah. So like. I guess that was a quick little riff. Um, so we took the public health courses. Yes, we did take the public. <laughs> we took the public health courses, and uh, uh, yeah, and I did dry kneeling. And what else, what else have we done in that I time? Say there was something else we took in that time. I can't remember. It's challenging to know because so we should talk about what you're doing a little bit too because it's yeah. challenging to know what we have taken formally and what we've kind of had secondhand. Yeah. So uh, like we're part of a lot of different, I won't get into like the, the nitty gritty here, but we're definitely part of like a lot of different um, like networking groups and just provider groups, et cetera. So we learn a lot uh, digitally that we don't necessarily get CEUs or credits for, which to be completely honest with you, that's uh that's a super big like plus like we're not in it for the continuing education credits we're in it because we give a shit i could give a fuck less about ceus honestly except for the fact that i literally can't practice without a license i can't have the license without a certain number of ceus in this state right so we take so luckily kyle's dry needling will count but like we take other courses to do our ceu so all of like the course oh you know what we did um Kyle Paxton's course, oh, IKN. IKN, yeah. We did IKN course. Yep. That's just a neurology course. So we were able to link like the orthopedics and Which, neurology symptoms. On the note of consistency, I we, saying, were talk- you did we were talk talking about, about integrating on that last podcast episode that we inserted in this one as well. Um, we were talking about, or at least I was talking about integrating neuro- like neurological approaches to the musculoskeletal system or not separating out, hey, I have a neuro patient. I'm dealing with neuro populations. By neuro, he means like stroke and et cetera. Um, anything that has to do with like... Spinal cord injury. Brain, yeah, yeah, that's what he's referring so to. So yeah, quick backtrack. In PT, there are different specialties or subfields. One of them is neuro. One of them is musculoskeletal or orthopedic practice. And one of them is sports. And Well, among a ton of others. Uh, yeah, there are yeah, many, yeah. many others. But um, we largely, have- <laughs> largely people separate out you know, hey, I'm a neurospecialist, so I deal with neurodegenerative diseases like MS, I deal with uh, spinal cord injury, I deal with stroke, I deal with traumatic brain injuries, I deal with whatever, right? Major neurological, neurological excuse me, diagnoses. And then other people differentiate themselves and say, well, I deal with, you know, athletes and people who are playing sports and they're sports therapists. I deal with orthopedic concerns only, right? So we yeah. have these specialties. But... It's the same fucking person in front of you. <laughs> right. So like everybody has a brain and like everybody is kind of an athlete. So while we'll get into like our ideal client, we, we also understand like everyone is on that. Like, and you'll hear this in our episodes, our previous episodes, we talked about how we consider everyone an athlete in some way, shape or form. So we integrate all the systems in our right. practice. And that's what we were riffing on was, yeah. you know, integrating the nervous system into the orthopedic client and vice versa. Right. You know? So looking at all the systems, because again, it's a human person in front of you with right. all the systems. Right. Exactly. So, um, so those are the continuing education courses we took and not that you really care, but anyway, um, so with our business, like we kind of 
Come on, Lex. If they're listening to this, they care. <laughs> I'll say, I guess that is true. That is true. So if we kind of go into like where our business is at and how we've grown, you know, we have not, we refuse, I will say, to drop any of our values. So all of our values have stayed the same, like one-on-one treatment, 60-minute care. Um, you are not passed off between providers. You get what you need to get better. Um, that hasn't changed, like same, one bit. Same thing. I was listening to myself in that previous episode that we linked here. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was a time where I was talking about treating people like adults and people are busy and have a life and also might get the fucking point and just need to have time to implement it, right? And so, you know, talking about treatment once a week, once every other week, once every third, once a month, right? And and spacing things out to allow people time to implement things in their life, but also to allow the human body to adapt, which, I mean, takes time. Right. And, like, I think, so when we first started our business, we we were operating on a sense of, like, we understood that we were going to be able to get patients better faster because of the approach that we took. So if you just kind of take your time, if you will, and you split it up with the time that you're spending with a PT, let's just call it 20 minutes at a typical insurance-based practice, um, we triple that, right? So if you only get 20 minutes over one visit, you can imagine it's going to take you longer to get better because you're going to need to go to them more often. Well, and sometimes folks are there for 40, 45 minutes, an hour, but... What Lex is referring to is, uh, and if I may, is that you might be there for an hour, but you spend 10, 15, 20 minutes with your actual PT. Right. Unless you've been switched for, you know, some other PT for the day. But you spend 10 or 15, 20 minutes with the PT, and then you're passed off to an assistant or an aide. And so, like, our whole model was, like, let's not do that. Like, let's not let that happen. Because it got annoying. We were in the system where that did happen, and it was like, I don't know this person. Like, I don't know how to treat this person. This, This person has been seen by a different PT. And like, I don't know what like, they have notes, but like, I don't know this person's history. I can't tell you how many patients that I've seen personally I since we started that. this business in, in Renegade. I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen that have been like, yeah, I've been to PT before. It didn't help. And then we helped them. But beyond that, how many people have been there and said, you know, I was passed off to another therapist. I was passed off to the aide, the assistant. Right. I was put on a hot pack, uh, ice pack, stim, whatever it might be. And then left there for 20 minutes. Or like told to like go do your exercises. Like you couldn't do that at home by yourself. Like, okay, let's, let's not do that. So, well, I mean, it's one thing, <laughs> it's one thing to look at exercises right. and have a, you know, a discriminating eye and look at it and optimize things and, you know, give you maybe some ideas for warmups, you know, quote unquote correctives. I don't think there's a wrong movement, but different movement options and strategies, right? right? It's one thing to have a trained eye looking at you doing those movements it's another thing for you to be assigned three different exercises or two different exercises, whatever it might be, and then be like, all right, Mr. Smith, do exercise A and exercise B. And then the next week you come in and they have you do exercise A and exercise B for three sets of 10 in the clinic. And they're not really watching you. They don't right. really care. And you've already done those same two exercises and right. they're not changing anything about it. Like there's no progression. There's no nothing, you know? So I feel like we need a whole episode to talk about that. But anyway, so yeah, I'm getting a little passionate here. Don't, <laughs> no, don't mind me. This, this is who we are. So we kind of get real passionate during the episodes. So um, I guess if we kind of riff on that a little bit more, go off that deep end, um, we have not changed our values in our practice. The way that our practice operates right, right now is a little bit different as far as like who's the clinician and who's the managing staff. Because as you can imagine, um, 
we can't, because we are one-on-one practitioners, the way that our office is set up, we have one room. So we don't even have like a, yet, we don't have like a, an entryway. So like people come into our clinic and it's our clinic and we have a private room in the back. So we do have two private rooms or a private option, if you will. And then we have a big gym space, but we don't overlap our clients. So all of our patients are one-on-one 60 minutes, no overlapping half an hour in between. Um, so we can't treat at the same time. And that was never our goal really. So we kept getting asked that question like, oh, well, do you want to like overlap and have multiple patients in there? And we're like, not really. Cause it's like concierge. Like we want you to feel comfortable. Well, and not to us. mention, Lex wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't have time to, to to be treating much anyway. Yeah, yeah. So like, so, so talk about what you do, Lex. So there's two. Well, I won't go too deep into it, but there's two different things. Oh, come on now! Don't give yourself a little bit of credit. Talk okay. about what you do. So I'm I also own a different business. So I own a and I'm. I'm essentially, I call myself a digital superhero. So anything you need done online, aside from Google ads and Facebook ads, I do. I married up. So thanks, Kyle. So essentially <laughs> I do all of the digital things. So I build websites. I do ads um, as far as like workshop ads, PDF design, ebook design, uh, email marketing, all that type of stuff. So I actually wanted to be, this is a total aside. Um, I wanted to be a computer science major. I went to um, open house and I was told that I'd be the only girl. And I said, well, that's not happening. So then I became a bio major as if that's um, not gendered and bullshit. Enough, I know I was, that's such, so, such bullshit. I was told that anyway. So I didn't go computer science. I kind of, I don't regret that. I just wish I did like a double major or something. Um, but anyway, so I've loved that stuff since I was, you know, literally probably 13. I used to spend all my time. People used to ask me to fix their computers when I was like 13. Like I would literally go in the back of the big old desktop computers. You know, those <laughs> things used to slide in the back of the desk, that big old thing. I used to pull it out and like fix it. Like who am I anyway? So that's like where I come from. So I do that. Um, I don't, I don't do that on the side anymore. I do that full time. And then I'm essentially Renegade's practice manager. So like I order the supplies. I make sure the documentation system is like set up correctly. I'll book appointments. I'll manage text messages, etc. So reading between the lines, she keeps my shit on track. Right. So Kyle is basically <laughs> our main practitioner. And if you really think about our model, it works really well because Kyle can't be the person to do all the things because that's kind of how he'll burn out. Right. So he's, I think I think you mentioned something there that's worth uh, bringing up a little bit in more pro- or at least adding a little more prominence to in this episode. So uh when she's talking about booking patients and, and managing emails and, and talking to folks. Oh, yes. What we love. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> personal touch is very, very important to us. And certainly as things grow uh, in any corporation, you, you're going to lose a little bit of that for sure. But for us, it's been very, very important. And we've tried very hard and, and to date have been able to keep, to retain this. Um, it's very important to us to be able to have that personal touch and to be able to give patients our clinic number, which is a textable line that actually goes through our cell phones. Right. And be able to text them back, you know, nights, weekends, whatever else. Um, I always tell people, you know, feel free to shoot me a text. If it's midnight, 1 a.m., whatever else. If it's a Friday, Saturday night, weekend, whatever else. It doesn't matter to me. Obviously, I'm going to respect my own personal boundaries and, and needs and, you know, set those boundaries where, where, you know, that makes sense. But beyond that, send the text. Right. Send the email. Do whatever you need to do, because if we're going to give people a week, two weeks, a month in between appointments and allow them the freedom to do what they need to do to help them heal their own body, it's important to also have 
an outlet for them to get their questions answered, to check in and make sure that they're doing the quote unquote right thing. Well, and even like when we were in the other practice we were in, we would see people because they were, it was insurance based. So the typical, this sounds terrible to say out loud, but the typical prescribed rate was like three times a week for 12 weeks or like three times a week. I said, that sounds terrible because it's just like, it is what it is, but like we don't do that anymore. So whatever. I Um, just, it's just not the way as a quick riff, like (laughs) what changes in two to three days? Honestly, nothing. Just in case you want to know what changes in two to three days. Like it's just ridiculous to think about prescribing a frequency and duration for a plan of care for, for somebody to come in with whatever ailment. The, to say that come in two or three times this week. Well, and then they, like take off of work. Like here, get a babysitter and like here, have someone watch your kids. Like I'm going to take off work for those. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Let's... Yeah. I mean, beyond the burden to the patient, just like what is actually going to change physiologically right. for right, the right, human right. body in yeah. two or three days. You well, know, like also just... the human experience. Like let's not put people out of friggin' burden to come see us. But anyway, so let's, I guess, where was I? I'm drawing a blank. Well, we were talking a little... Before we got on all of these tangents... I'll say, here we are um, on tangents. We were talking about a little bit about what you do oh. for the clinic and then your business. And yeah. you hadn't really talked about your business well, too okay, much yet. I'll get th- well, I did. I, that's all I want to talk about. So, Oh, come on now. <laughs> give, it a little, give it a little more justice. Give it a little more lip service. So, hold on. So, let's let's go back, though, for a second. So, we didn't finish. In the practice, this is what I was going on. The practice that we were in, we would see people every other day and... Like I used to send people home with stuff because they were so acutely in pain or whatever it may be. And then they wouldn't be able to like talk to me. And if I talked to them, by the way, it wasn't covered by my malpractice insurance, by the way. So I wasn't allowed to talk to them. So long story short, it just wasn't okay. I couldn't I could not email that person. I mean, I could email that person, but like not really. I could not text that also, person. show of hands. I mean, this is a podcast, so we're not seeing you clearly. This is post hoc and, uh, and you're not seeing us. But show of hands, how many folks would love the opportunity to be able to just fucking text your healthcare provider? Right. right? Like, like, hey, like I'm doing this exercise and I'm feeling my butt, not in my hamstring. Like, should I change something? Is, like, this, is this right? Like, you know? like, so anyway, so that our, our <laughs> model has not changed. Um, so... I guess the way that our clinic is operating right now is Kyle is our main clinician. He sees all of our pelvic health patients. He sees all of our ortho patients. Um, He is our, like I said, main clinician. Um, One might say I'm the star of the show. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Lex is logging into the computer again because it it has yet went to sleep sleep. one more time. It just goes to sleep. It's it's tired. Um, So it's at 41 minutes right now. All right. That is a fair point, actually, because that MacBook Mm. is fucking tired. Lex does work the shit out of that fucking okay, thing yes. over there. But so it's 41. <laughs> we're 41 minutes in. So we're going to try to keep this a little, like under an hour. Um, so if you're like itching to be done with this, like we'll let you know. It'll be like 20 minutes. So <laughs> we're getting close. Anyway. Um, so as we kind of riff on our business, like our, it's so hard to kind of put it into words of like when we list when per, I I'm speaking for myself here. When I listen to that episode of like, hey, we're going to start this thing and we're really scared. And like, if you listen to that episode that we, our first episode, like you would know, like we were internally afraid. Like it was a big decision for us to make and we wanted to do it. And then when we sat down in April to essentially put all of our tennis balls in that one court, I mean, obviously we we did not, we did not uh, burn the ships, but, um, we, you know, we put all of our balls in the court of like, this is how we're going to practice PT. Like, this is the only way that we are going to get physical therapy. And then 
I, I'm going to pause for a second. I was working in pediatrics with the intention of staying there like halftime and then working renegade. Cause I love kids. I really do. I love working with kids anyway. So when we put our balls in that court, we were like, holy shit, like this is, this is hard. And where did I just put my balls? Yeah. Literally. <laughs> we were like, I don't know about this. And like we got into, so we built the room out, we got into the practice, we did all of our stuff and we started seeing patients and we were like, damn, like we get to treat how we need to treat to make these people better. And you, you know, you I've know, the, seen the crazy part was we were doing one or two days a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like eight months. For a long, long time. Yeah, so yeah. um for anybody who's listening to this who is an aspiring cash based practitioner, somebody who just started, or who has been maybe doing it for three, four, five, six months, and you're like, What what the hell? When is the, you know, patient avalanche coming to me? Um keep keep on keeping on if you can because yeah, it took a long, long time. It took a lot of uh, fortitude to continue to make it through the slump there. I mean, well, and it wasn't, let's be real. And this is this is actually true to our personalities, too. Like, So if you think about it, we the reason why it took so long for us to build is because we were marketing off solely word of mouth. So like I mentioned, I work in marketing, et cetera, for online businesses and brick and mortar businesses, so in-person businesses. And, you know... Word of mouth takes a long time. And the reason why we say like, you know, we're going to operate on word of mouth only, what we mean by that is we're not running Facebook ads. We're not like running Google ads. Like you're not seeing us pop up on your Facebook feed because we like paid money to do so. Which allows (sighs) you to be authentic. Right. right? So we're not, if you hear about us, it's because someone had a good result from us. And we didn't want to be the skeezy car salesman like that. They're sleazy. I say skeezy, but I also say sleazy anyway. So we didn't want to be the car salesman who's like, come see us for PT. Like we can make you better. And like, I'm going to pay $50,000 for a Facebook ad so that I show up on your feed and you're going to what scroll by me because who cares? You know, like you don't, that's not how we operate. We operate on that personal standpoint of like, I worked with your great aunt Tina, or I worked with your friend, Sam. Like, like marketing for me, nothing better is then when somebody says, hey, I went and saw a guy, I had this problem, he did these things, or she, you know, whoever, whoever the practitioner is, and I got better and I was able to go live my life again. And right. then you should go see him because right. you have X, Y, and Z problem and go see him. Right. Like nothing gets better for me as a, as a provider, as a business owner, than for somebody to talk about their actual, tangible, physical, real results in the real world about seeing me and, and working with me and, and you know, having a positive impact on their life and then that is what draws somebody else in because right. hey that's what i'm trying to do at the end of the at the end of the day right is help people live their life do the thing they want to do and so if i've done my job well and if that has happened for somebody and they share you know they happen to share it with somebody else and that other person that they're sharing it with wants to come see me perfect that right. is no there's no better marketing for me than that you right. know and like, so our business wasn't like, we didn't take right off. We, like I said, I worked my full-time, full-time gig up until October of 2021. And, and I was, uh, I was still running excavators. I'll say Kyle was running excavators <laughs> until probably mid-August. And so mid-August of 2021, not 2020, 2021. So that was like a, a year 21. and a half. So <laughs> we really like, we put our heart and soul into building the business in a, in a way that was not only sustainable, but also true to us. Because we could have done a lot more as far as, you know, selling people on things they didn't need and 
going to places and making it sound like they needed us that they didn't need us or adding Facebook ads and Google ads and paying for mailers to come in your your mailbox for you to throw away. Like we could well, have paid for all that it's stuff. It's still weighing on us, right? Like right. as the continuing um, expansion of the business and the clinic uh, develops here, we're thinking about, you know, other spaces, hiring folks uh, pretty soon here. We're, we're at the point in time where that would make logical sense. But one of the things that is kind of foremost in our hearts and our minds is like, you know, if we do this, what is our financial liability? And beyond that, and more importantly, what does that mean for us as business owners and practitioners? And humans. And as humans. So, yeah, I mean, like, if I can move into a space that allows me to have two or three or four employees, great. Like, that's awesome. And I want to provide this type of lifestyle for other folks who might be burnt out on the insurance space model. But at the same time, I don't want to be desperate for a sale. And that's what it boils down to, right? Yeah. Is I don't want myself or anybody who's working for me to have to be desperate for a sale and be selling folks on things they may or may not need, you know? Right. Like if you, the way that we operate is like, if you don't need PT or if you don't need the service that we're selling, like we're not going to convince you that you need it. And we'll also refer you out or tell you you're all good. (laughs) One of the things I pride myself on is, you know, in a 15 minute consult, when somebody is on the phone with me or, or is in person even, can I refer them to somebody who's better than me? Right. Like just being like humble enough and having humility, you know, to the point where you can say, Hey, I might not be the person to help you, but I know who is. Right. And directing folks in that direction, you know. Like we said, community. It's literally like it boils back down to everything we talked about. And there's something for everybody, right? And we're talking about like, I mean, time-wise here, we don't have enough time to cover this whole concept, but. Don't worry, there'll be more episodes. Yes, there'll be more more to come. (laughs) But, you know, talking about scarcity mindset, like, oh man, there's not enough patience. There's not enough folks for my business, whatever that is, right? It's not just specific to PT, that's specific to any business. There's not enough folks who want to buy my product, who want to buy my service, whatever it might be. Well, there are plenty of folks who want to, you know, who might need or, or want to buy my service or product. But guess what? If I'm not the best fit, I better fucking know who to refer you to so that you actually do end up in something that is the best fit for you as an individual. So right. that, that, that definitely weighs on our hearts day in and day out. And um, honestly, you know, dollars and cents is great. But at the end of the day, if I can help somebody get to where they need to be in order for them to achieve their goals or, or to live their life to the fullest, whatever that definition is for that person, that I, that's a win in my book. Like I'm happy as a clam. If I can refer somebody to um, one of the massage therapists locally that I know that that's a good friend of mine or a uh, chiropractor who's a great friend of mine as well locally. And if that's where they're at in their life and their journey and their their healing process, and it's going to help them get to where they want to be and, and fit for them uh, where they are in their life right now. Awesome. Like it, it makes me happy as a fucking clam to, to just help them get to where they want to be, whether that's me helping them or somebody else. Right. And like, so if we, I guess, return back to our business model and where we're at now, like that's where we're at. And it's really, it's one of those things where people, we always get the question of like, do you want to grow? And like, do you want to like, what's the word people use? Do you want to not commercialize? Well, the thing is, well, like franchise, people are like, do you want to franchise? We do want to, right? Like we do want to grow. We do want to be able to help more folks. Yeah. Both patients wise and also clinicians to have an opportunity to help people in the way they want to help and be happy and you know we want to help people in that way so sure of course we want to grow right but it's like 
we don't, we want to grow while not losing the personal touch. Right. We're, like, we're super sensitive to having yeah. personal touch. Like real sensitive to that. Being able to provide care in the way we want to provide it. And also just being able to be real with people. Like yeah. we were just talking about, like yeah. where is the best fit for you? If that's here, great. If somewhere else, awesome. I'll send right. you there too. Like we've been in, we've just been in situations where you had to make the sale in order to keep the rent. And like, that's not where we want to be. We just don't want to be that way. So anyway, um, if you're... If you're kind of, I guess, sitting here and you're like, okay, well, why does that matter to me? Truthfully, as a clinician, it might matter in the sense we're like, okay, you have the real behind the scenes. Like we literally worked full-time jobs outside of Renegade every other day of the week. People would tell you, close family, friends, whatever. They would say like, oh, they're always working. And which, you know what? If you love what you do, if you love what you do, you're not really working. Just in case anyone wants to hear that little spiel. I love what I do, so I love working. Or, anyway, or like, I haven't seen them for three weeks. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> but like we're doing something we love. So it's not like we're like going there and like, oh, I fucking hate my life. No, like we love what we're doing. So anyway. Yeah, um, no, I mean, there's plenty of 14, 16, 18 hour days that I've worked and right. I've fucking loved it. Right. And there's also days that we have hard days. Like, we're humans too. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So anyway, um, so if you're a cash-based PT or if you're a PT who's looking to do this and you're listening to our podcast, like there, it's a lot of work. It's a great reward, but it's a lot of work. Um, We love what we do every single day. And if you are a patient or someone who might want to be a patient, like you can always rest assured that like we're going to do what's best for you. Um, Overall, it's kind of, it's one of those things where you, you, you struggle. I've done this myself. So I'm saying, I'm literally speaking from experience. I'm like, eh, I don't want to get help. I don't like want to go somewhere because I'm afraid that they're going to like brush me off. And like, I'm going to waste my money, waste my time. I'm not going to get answers. And so that's kind of where we really, we thrive in that, that, that population, like people who want help and they just can't find someone who will listen to them. So like, most, that's, that's like why it matters to you. If you're most like folks that come into Renegade are folks that have seen ortho, neuro, Cairo, right. another PT, like name your specialist here. They've already been there and, uh, they have no answers. They have no hope. And they're kind of at the end of the line and are like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. And, uh, and they, <laughs> I always joke, I'm like, they almost have their arms crossed, right? Well, like, like you have to, you have what to, are you going to do for me, though? You know? Right. And you got to kind of think about it, like, in the sense where we, I've always said this since of, like, I don't know when I, when I originally came up with this theory, but, like, the healthcare system that we are in, and this also should be a whole other episode, um, this healthcare system we are in is so messed up that why would, why would anyone think that we're any different? Right. And so that goes back to our word of mouth marketing. Like we are word of mouth solely because we want you to know that we are different, but also like, we're not going to convince you that we're different. So if you are on the edge of like, Hey, I want to get help or Hey, I'm thinking like, you know, I want to reach, reach out, whatever that might be. Like have a 15 minute consult. Like the the best thing you can do is just get a 15 minute consult. It's free. It's free. It's, <laughs> it's for free. Um, so like literally just reach out. Uh, but if you are a patient or a future patient or someone who is just kind of wondering who the heck we are, that's what we would tell you is like, we are the people who will not get a buck from you and like cheer in the back room. But like, we are the people who are like, I want to help you do, do things that you love. And yeah, I mean, everybody has to pay their bills for sure. Everybody. But at the end of the day, like what drives me is the person who now can do a Turkish get up without pissing their pants. Right. Is the person who can, snatch without shoulder pain is the person who can you know squat without the hip pinchiness without you know feeling like they're on a plateau and and can't get over it can't squat more weight like that's what drives me like i always have to like forewarn people 
when they come in for their initial eval when we're first working together that <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting a little excited. Don't mind me. I'm very enthusiastic about this, you know? So I, I have to, you know, warn them about that a little bit because I'm going to smile and laugh and be enthusiastic and, and, you know, excited and talking in loud tones of voice because I fucking love this. I was like, clearly, can you not get a hint of this right now? Yeah, excuse me while I'm yelling into the microphone here. Don't don't mind me. Hopefully, I'm not so, blowing your eardrums out in your car. But yeah, I mean, that's what drives me. And at the end of the day, sure, we all have to pay our bills. But, you know, what drives me is helping you accomplish your movement-related goal, you know? Right. And so, like, we, I guess, in the gist of things is that we're what we're getting at is, like, this is who we are. Um, we're not looking to grow in a sense where we lose that so um yeah i mean any growth would be retaining the same amount of personal care and touch and commitment that we still currently have personal touch commitment and then also loyalty to patients and being like hey like you're not for us or vice versa Um, so i guess the last thing and we're gonna be quick because we see the timer Ah, we're on an hour now (laughs) if you watched our first or if you watched if you listened to our first episode you're now cranking on almost an hour and a half so hopefully your drive or your run or your cooking is good because this is a long time um so i guess the last thing we'll kind of talk about is like who we treat right so the real quick i'm gonna say 20 to 50 year old yeah males and females who have some re- movement-related goal, who are certainly very active individuals. Um, sometimes that goal is more orthopedic-related, right? It might be shoulder, hip, knee, back, um, neck, whatever it might be. And name your area here, related pain that is occurring with their movement and is limiting them from doing their thing, right? Whether that's Orange Theory, CrossFit, uh, dance, Pilates, yoga, bar, um, you know, the, the gambit of class or group uh, fitness type things um, or outdoorsy type things like hiking, uh, walking, running, right? That certainly is our, is our, fo- is our you know, mainstay uh, patient demographic. But also, we treat men's and women's pelvic health, um, which dovetails nicely. So folks who might be kind of sportier, more active, but also might have a pelvic health concern like... They just had a, a baby, for instance. Whether or that, they're pregnant. Yep, whether they're pregnant or uh, are newly postpartum. Um, whether that is vaginal or cesarean delivery. Um, folks who certainly have challenges with, again, pelvic pain, which might be during uh, intercourse, which might be during tampon insertion, which might be during random parts of your day. Um, pelvic heaviness, fullness, uh, urinary incontinence, things like that, right? Constipation. There is a laundry list of things that can be happen with the pelvic floor that might lead to symptoms that you can then have somebody help you with. Once again, go listen to our previous episodes and stay tuned for new ones. Yeah, I mean, don't don't mind me pontificating upon uh, all the different you know pelvic health type things here, but um, certainly if you're like somebody who's about twenty to fifty years old and is very very active, uh, involved in fitness and or wellness and movement. You are a person and right. we can and certainly help you. I think the one population you kind of uh, didn't touch on was uh, the pregnant population who needs help with strengthening or like wants, wanting to stay active during pregnancy. Um, Ooh, I think five, that's sure. a big one. So like people who want to, you know, they might be a CrossFitter, they might be a runner and just, or, or you might just be a general walking enthusiast and you want to stay active during pregnancy and like We lift. have, uh, we have some 
very very cool things that I have to be very hush hush about. I'll say we have some soon. we have some things. We'll around like March you might get a little bit of a taste of what we got going on as far as like pregnant postpartum folk. Um, so if you are um, interested, stay tuned. Obviously. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like who our ideal person is. If you have questions, obviously we have for free 15 minute consults. And if you think someone might All right, be, Lex, I'm going to ask you the same, the same question. How do people get in contact with us if oh. they have questions or comments yeah. or need to see us or, so or want to visit? Is, this is funny. So like in our, if you listen to our initial episode, when we originally launched this, launched this podcast, we didn't have an email. We have one now. Like we didn't have an email at all. <laughs> so here we are. Um, so you can actually email us info at renegade movement and performance.com. Yes. And is spelled out. Yes. We are aware. That's a really it's long, really fucking domain. long. I'm sorry. We know. We know. But if you want a quicker way, you can go to Instagram. Um, our Instagram handle is at Renegade MVMT, so Renegade Movement. And if you want, like you can also text or call our clinic phone. That sounds so cool to say. It's 603-267-0432. So you can call or text that number. Uh, we are open for conversation. And I just want to pitch this. I Man, wanna... we, we've loved, hold on, hold that thought, Lex. We fucking leveled up. I'll say, we went from not that. having a goddamn email to... <laughs> Having an email plus a good a cool ass Instagram, check that out for sure. And also a textable landline, like I mean a, a phone landline. number. Uh, yeah, geez, I'm, I'm I'm 80 years old, don't mind me, but um, yeah, I mean we have a number that you can text now. So beyond an email, you can text us. So I guess the one thing that I wanted to just say out loud and on the podcast was if you have. Something you're going through, shoulder pain, hip pain, back pain, if you have questions about pregnancy, postpartum, um, if you are wondering more about us, like, hey, how did you, what does that certification mean? Um, we are going to, to be honest, this this will 1000% be our longest episode. Um, I'm not trying to talk your ear off. Kyle's not trying to talk your ear off. Um, this is our longest episode because it's an introduction. I might be. I'll say Kyle. I'm very long-winded. Kyle's long-winded. <laughs> um, so if, if we have guests, it might be more toward like an hour. But if we're talking by ourselves, like really the goal is to be quick, um, quick hitters. So maybe at the most 30 minutes, maybe 45, but we're going to try to keep it short. We want to keep it short. Um, so if you have requests, we want to hear it, honestly, like we want to hear what you want to hear because this is about you. This isn't about us flapping our jaw. This is honestly about like, what do you want to learn about? And if you don't, if we don't hear anything back from you guys, like we'll come up with topics. Like we have tons of stuff we want to riff about. We sit oh, in the car sure. and we're like, oh man, we should make a podcast. <laughs> and like, it's been like, literally we, sh- we have been talking about this for the last year and we just so, haven't had the time. So, so yeah. So shoot us an email, shoot, shoot us, us email, a DM, let us shoot know. us a text, whatever you want to do. And um, we'll look for those. And until next time, we really hope that you check out our social media, check, send us an email, send us a text, call, whatever it may be. And we look forward to, you know, having the next episode out. Not going to give you a timeline, though. Hoping it'll be in the next two weeks. Hoping, you know, it'll be in the next year. But uh, we're going to try to publish weekly. Maybe bi-weekly. I mean, sorry, every other week. I don't know. I'm looking at Kyle right now. Like, we're just kind of thinking, like, what's realistic for our life? Nah, fuck it. Let's go weekly. But we could probably do weekly, but it'll just be shorter. The challenge is I'm actually out of town in a way this week, so um, Maybe I'll do a solo episode. I'll do a solo episode. Maybe you'll hear from just me. Hey, send it. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So thank you so much for listening. And honestly, like, ever since we started this podcast a while back, we've always said, you know, we appreciate every single person who listens to this podcast. We used to get notifications, people saying, like, oh, man. 
we really missed you this week. We really wish we could have heard you heard from you. So we're really happy you're here. Um, looking forward to talking to you more and we will hear, or you'll hear from us next time. Thank you so much for listening in. Oh my God, I got a piece of bread. <laughs> I'm about to fucking explode.